This is Jack Scallions. Join me for a few moments from my heart to yours. Hurry up, we're late. That's a common statement made by all of us in this busy, busy world we live in. From time to time, we all feel like the little white rabbit in Alice in Wonderland who cried out, I'm late, I'm late for a very important date. No time to say hello, goodbye, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. Yet we see in the scriptures that God in his infinite wisdom set one of the seven days of creation aside for rest. Certainly God was not weary, yet his cessation of activities on the seventh day was to stress the need to stop and reflect and to rest. Christians in this age of grace are not under the law, and we do not observe the Sabbath in commemoration of the law. Believers observe Sunday, which is the first day of the week, in commemoration of the resurrection of our Savior. I grew up on a farm in West Tennessee. We worked the land Monday through Friday. Saturday was for going to town or for country-type recreation. On Sunday, there was not work apart from feeding the livestock. Sunday school and church, a light lunch, and rest with neighbors and relatives, spending the afternoon visiting I recall my parents did not even allow me to shoot a gun on Sunday. Mama often spent hours of her day just simply sitting in her chair and reading the scriptures. Our world's changed radically in these last uh, 75, 80 years. Swing shifts, two family incomes, seven-day work weeks, athletic and recreational madness that turns weekends into holidays. All of creation rests. The energies and productivity of spring and summer turn to harvest of fall and inactivity of winter. Animals and birds and fish all sleep, and God speaks repeatedly of rest. And yet the prerequisite to rest is always associated with labor. Israel was sent into a 70-year captivity in Babylon because it had violated the mandated rests of the land. God spoke of Israel's inability to enter the promised land because of their unbelief, denying themselves rest. Today, there's so much to do, to see, to learn. Volumes of data swirl around us. We're barraged with information as to how to live and what to eat, what to wear, where to go, how to make and save and spend our money. The average person is weary and cries out, I need rest. I recently saw a cartoon with the caption, The Rat Race is Over. The The Rat Won. Yet the Bible speaks of rest, not just heaven, although that'll be perfect rest for perfect glorified bodies. I personally believe heaven will be a beehive of activity without exhaustion. I am thinking of today, in time, in the midst of all the turmoil of living, the promise of rest. I call this the great paradox of Scripture, rest in the midst of labor and heavy lifting, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's what Jesus said. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, when the partner in our labor is Christ, there is an unexplainable tranquility of soul. The more we learn of him, the easier the yoke rests on our shoulders. I know this from experience. I've tried it both ways. To assume it's your yoke and not his brings anxiety and frustration. Burnout is a misnomer, however. Many who strive only for rest generally rust out. Many confuse attending a church service once a week with laboring for the master. A life of true labor for the master is not a wasted life. Every believer needs a ministry that involves service to Christ for others. 
Spurgeon recorded the words of a wealthy nobleman as he lay dying, who exclaimed, Good God, how have I employed thee? In what delirium has my life been passed? What have I been doing while the sun in its race and the stars in their courses have lent their beams perhaps only to lighten me to perdition? I have pursued shadows and entertained myself with dreams. I have been treasuring up dust and sporting myself with the wind. I might have grazed with the beast of the field or sung with the birds of the wood to much better purpose than any for which I have lived. Sitting in a pew once a week's not the heart meaning of the Great Commission. Any pastor worth his salt has a mile-wide list of things needed in the church and the community. No small wonder that churches with inactivity and non-laboring members have turmoil. When we are pulling hard on the oars, the boat is seldom capsized. Dr. R.G. Lee, noted pastor of the Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee, and my spiritual grandfather stated, No man has the right to a good night's rest who has not had a hard day's work. The rest spoken of by the Savior in Matthew chapter 11 is available only to those harnessed in the yoke. It's common knowledge that January the 1st, 2019, I stepped out of the traces after 45 years and four months as senior pastor of the Fairview Baptist Church. I handed the reins to a very competent young man, Matthew Harrell. He is well on his way to take this ministry to a much higher plane. Yet over these five decades of ministry, two facts greeted me each morning as I awoke. First, this life will have its struggles, and second, there is a peace that passes all understanding, a rest for the soul. I read of an art contest held to find the perfect picture of peace. Two paintings were selected. The viewers were astonished as the first showed a mirror-smooth lake with surrounding landscape under the glow of an evening sky. When the second painting was revealed, the crowd gasped in amazement. A tumultuous waterfall cascaded down a rocky precipice. The sky was filled with storm clouds, lightning and wind and rain. In the midst of that cold scene, a spindly tree clung to the rocks with its branches dangling over the falls. But in that tree, the artist painted a little bird, contented and peaceful and undisturbed in the chaos surrounding her, eyes closed and wings covering her little ones, truly exhibiting peace in the midst of the storm. The rest I speak of cannot come from a bottle. The missionary sleeping on a dirt floor in a mud hut can have it while it escapes the man sleeping on the most expensive mattress. William Tyndale and John Rogers and Thomas Kramer had it when they and thousands like them died martyrs' deaths while laboring for the Master. Pillowing your head on the truth of the gospel of Christ and the principles of Scripture is the only possible way to have rest now and for eternity. Oh, I want to thank you for listening today. It's my joy to always bring to you just a few moments from my heart to yours. <music>